in a year that's been so challenging. It's another stat we just don't want to hear. The rise in firearm injuries in patients at La Bonner in 2020. So what is happening and what can be done to help prevent these firearm injuries? Well, let's talk with Dr. Regan Williams, Medical Director and Trauma Services Associate Director at the University of Tennessee Health Science Center and Department of Surgery and Pediatrics at La Bonner Children's Hospital. This is the Peds Pod by Labonner Children's Hospital. I'm Bill Klaproth. Dr. Williams, it's always a pleasure to talk with you and always on such an important topic. So tell us, what is Labonner seeing in regards to firearm injuries in 2020? Sure. So in 2020, we've had a, a huge increase in firearm injuries, particularly compared to 2019, 2018. And as of now, 11 months into the year, we actually have more firearm injuries than we've ever had before, and we still have a whole month left. Yeah, troubling statistics. So do you have any idea of what might be causing this huge increase in firearm injuries? Well, we think it's multifactorial. It is not just the Lebonner that's had an increase in firearm injuries. There's a huge increase in firearm injuries in our city as well as our state and really all of the United States since the COVID pandemic started has had an increase in firearm injuries. Particularly for our patients, most of our kids are out of school, so they're doing virtual schooling, so more of them are at home, and I think that's contributing to more accidental injuries where firearms are not safely stored and children are finding them and causing injuries in that manner. The other side of it is an increase in community violence overall. That's leading to more drive-by and intentional shootings, and unfortunately, sometimes children get caught in the middle of that, and that has also contributed to our substantial increase in firearm injuries this year. So it sounds like COVID definitely has played a part in the increase in firearm injuries? I do think so. Overall, we have had an increase every single year for the past four years in firearm injuries, so I think there was a natural increase occurring as well, but we've seen an even larger spike than we expected this year. Yeah, that's not good to hear in a year that's been challenging for many. It's not good to hear about how firearm injuries have increased so much. So not everyone who was shot dies, we know this, but what are some of the long-lasting effects of surviving a shooting? So the effects can be physical, and that often will include nerve injuries or paralysis or wounds that take a long time to heal, sometimes requiring multiple surgeries and multiple different hospitalizations over time. We have a steadily growing population of children who have been shot in the spine, and so they're paralyzed either from the waist down or from the neck down. There are a lot of associated problems that occur with that, and those only get worse over time. The other real issues that we're seeing is the emotional component to the firearm injury. These children are often caught in the middle of something, maybe walking out their door and being shot by a fight that's going on next door. This leads to them being scared and not wanting to leave their house, not wanting to go to school. Sometimes we have a hard time getting them back into our clinic because they're so afraid to leave their house because the injury occurred somewhere close to where their residence is. So there's a huge emotional component. And over time, this really does lead to post-traumatic stress disorder, just like we see in soldiers. We can also see that in our children after a firearm injury. And then in even longer periods of time, this can lead to poor health. There's something called adverse childhood events. Having a firearm injury is considered an adverse childhood event, and adverse childhood events have been shown to increase your risk of early death, 
of suicide, of heart disease later in life. So these are injuries that occur in a short period of time, but really have long-lasting effects. Yeah, I was just going to say a tragic moment in time has certainly lifelong effects. And you talked about not only physical, but also the emotional component and the PTSD that can follow. So then what kind of effect do these firearm injuries have on the staff? We call that the second victim syndrome. So really, a lot of our staff that works in our emergency room, they're used to seeing children with upper respiratory infections or a stomach bug or maybe asthma. They're really not accustomed to seeing severe firearm injuries where patients may come in with gunshot wounds to the head or the abdomen or bleeding from a severe injury to one of their blood vessels. But we're getting that more and more. And so the staff is really having to get more accustomed to seeing these horrific things come through the emergency department. And that takes a toll on them as well. So you call this a huge increase, and not only does this affect adults, but children as well. So what is being done? What can we do to make sure this increase does not continue? And what can we do to help prevent all of this gun violence and firearm injuries? So we started with a data-driven approach. So we have been collecting data on etiology or cause of firearm injuries for the last 15 years or so. And we've been analyzing that and we have found that about half of our patients are injured by accidental injuries. And of those accidental injuries, 70% are either injured by themselves, a family member, or a friend. And most of these occur in their own home. And so those are injuries related to unsafe storage. And so one aspect of injury prevention that we're focusing on now is safe storage of firearms and how we educate people if you're going to have a gun in the home, how you can do that safely, storing your bullets and your gun separate, keeping them in a locked cabinet, using gun locks, also educating your children on the danger of firearms so that they will be less likely to play with them or try to find them. So that's one aspect. The other half of our patients are injured with intentional injuries. And when we really look at the social work report from those injuries, it's a lot of drive-by shootings. So these are related to community violence. And that is a, a very complex topic to address. But we have been working with community partners for the past two to three years to try to decrease community violence. We recently were part of a community violence walk, which was just bringing awareness in the community. We're going to continue to work with that group to host walks in areas where there's a significant amount of community violence so we can meet with community leaders and identify needs that they may have and ways that we can help them to decrease violence in the smaller communities within our city. The other aspect is trying to identify at-risk teens when they come into our hospital and give them the support they need to not become victims of violent crime again or perpetrators of violent crime. One thing that we know, not just from our city, but from other studies, is if you're a victim of a violent crime, you're more likely to commit a violent crime later on in life. And so if we can identify these children early and we can get them the emotional support that they need as well as getting them out of their unsafe environment, we think that we can help them to not become perpetrators of violent crime. And that has been shown in other large cities to decrease community violence overall. So we are working with the health department in the city of Memphis to try to start a program to decrease community violence overall as well. Yeah, we really need to wrap our heads around this and come up with a plan across the whole country, not just the Memphis area. And you said half are accidental 
and you talked about firearm storage safety, how that needs to happen. And half is community violence, and that community activism is so important. So I'm happy that we're at least trying to build awareness of the two halves of this problem and how Labonner is taking charge and at least trying to get out into the streets to help curb this unbelievable rise in firearm injuries. Dr. Williams, it's always great to talk with you, and hopefully we'll keep talking about this issue in further podcasts to come, because it is so important and such an issue that we all need to work on together. So thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. I enjoyed speaking with you. I'm always happy to talk about this subject. And again, Dr. Williams, thank you so much for your time and your work on this important topic. That's Dr. Regan Williams. And to learn more, please visit labonner.org. And be sure to subscribe to the Peds Pod and Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also check out labonner.org slash podcast to view our full podcast library. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels. This is the Peds Pod by Labonner Children's Hospital. Thanks for listening.